Here we go. <laughs> so tonight's all about. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It's all right. So tonight's all about motivation. Thank you so much for everybody coming here. Um, we're going to touch on why we're here. Golden Home Fitness is hosting this. So let's start with our mission. So we're here to empower people to live longer, fuller lives, no matter their age. And working with our clients, a lot of times, we're looking at what's the biggest obstacle for actually getting success, living their longest, fullest life. Um, and information is everywhere. It's easy. Google everything. You know, you can download a workout. You know exactly what to do. But when it comes, rubber hits the road, motivation is people's biggest obstacle a lot of the time. So we're here today to bring together a bunch of people in a range of fields um, to kind of help you guys get through understanding your own motivation and get past the sort of buzzword, buzzword, you know, hashtag motivation, picture quote, just feel good and actually get tangible tools that you can have for sustained success. So I'll give an intro to each of the panelists and then we'll get into some questions. Um, and often you might hear about somebody, you know, killing it, doing great, and then when you actually dig into what they're doing, some of it tends to be fluff, you know, it's not actually what it seems to be. And every single person here, as I got into more of their backstory, just got more and more inspired, um, which is pretty incredible. So starting with Dan right here, obviously uh, Mr. Eat, eat Frickin' Ice Cream, um, but his backstory kind of, great athlete growing up, built Power Bar from a local company to a national power, no pun intended. Uh, sub five minute mile runner, um, five New York City marathons, founds this ice cream company, cancer diagnosis, and 12 weeks to, to the ice cream. 12, <laughs> 12 weeks to live, yeah. right? And then um, founds this ice cream, life is short, eat freaking ice cream. And then has since grown that from 20 stores to 5,000 stores, absolute inspiration. Um, Kelly Brabantz, notorious for leggings, has always def defied expectations and pushed ahead. Moved from New York to LA um, as a teenager pursuing dance and became a personal trainer in Boston and has since founded Booty by Brabant's workouts and their leggings, grown from hand delivering orders to people in a small apartment to tens of thousands of customers all around the globe, which is extremely impressive. Uh, really excited to learn some stuff from you. And then Gordy Gronkowski, pro, former baseball player with the Los Angeles Angels organization, uh, family business in sports equipment, grew to managing 14 stores with G&G &G Fitness, and now is on the commercial side with Gronk Fitness products, bringing top of the line fitness equipment um, to schools, gyms, offices, homes, apartment buildings, anybody that wants uh, to get it done. And then Karen Morales, um, absolute champion of life, former Fortune 500 <laughs> agency executive, now successful entrepreneur, marketing expert, and motivational speaker, um, sharing her story of success and perseverance um, through health and business. And then last but not least, Steve Zivich, MD, never satisfied. Steve is a medical doctor, entrepreneur, and bodybuilder who's now on a mission to redefine medical care by focusing on the doctor-client relationship and emphasizing sustainable preventative health and wellness strategies for his patients. So now we'll get into the first question. Um, as I touched on before, motivation, kind of this buzzword, amorphous, people don't even know. It's like hashtag motivation Monday, some picture, oh, I'm gonna get fired up and go do something for you know, an hour or even a month, and then a month later, somebody's burnt out. So I wanna hear from each of you kind of what motivation means to you and how you've, kind of a story of how you've tapped into motivation through your own life and success and struggles. So we'll start with you. 
based on me. Uh, first of all, you do a great job of putting together a panel, and you're all, I've met you once before, you're all so supportive of each other, so it's great to see you here. I don't know if I actually need this, but um, I will. Um, you know, I, I think the questions, I read your questions, I think when it comes to motivation as a whole, I just, I just processing your question while I was driving around rainy Boston today. And first of all, if you're here in this weather, you're motivated. Um, but I think that, um, I really think it's innate. I just think you're born with it in a lot of ways. You either are motivated or not motivated. And I think a lot of times in life, you, um, it sometimes is what you're not. So like I live in a kind of a, I don't want to say a luxury building, but I live in a nice apartment building here in Boston. The guys who are at the front desk, you will find that there's people who walk in two hands full of groceries and they stay there and they'll be typing on their computer. And I'm like, somebody's like, are you motivated to get up and open the door for somebody? And maybe it's not part of your job description, but what motivates you? Sometimes it's things that are, you know, I'm just like, why is that person not motivated in their job? As far as, um, you know, how motivation is designed, I do think it's something that's just the way you're wired in a lot of ways. Um, I was mentioning before, before starting Vice Cream, I was a director of marketing at Puma and you heard I worked at Power Bar. I was the last guy to leave the office every night, but it wasn't always a good thing. You ask about that also. Like I left at like two or three in the morning, like I own the company. Like I had managers come to me saying, like you need to leave, you need to go home. And there was like, I'd come out, there was snow on my car in Westwood or whatever it was or wherever it was, wherever it was, there was snow all over the car. And I was like, what the hell am I doing here? And I didn't really have an answer for it. It's just the way I was wired. And I think partly it's athletics. You may find that everybody here on the panel may or may not have some tie to athletics. As an intense athlete, that may carry over to business. So that's a little bit of an introduction. That's really good. Um, <laughs> motivation for me, to be honest, is if I'm going to break it down for myself, is kind of where I want to be in the future. I always set goals for myself and I keep myself really accountable on those goals. And at the end of the day, like I'm not doing it for anyone else besides myself. So I think it's really important to set attainable goals and then continue, l let that be your motivation to get there. And then when you get to that point, enjoy it and kind of look back and say, some days you get like you have a slump and you just kind of wake up with no motivation. You're like, what am I doing? I don't. I have no desire to go to the gym or for me teach a BBB class. But then I, I look back at all of my achievements and the things that I have done, and I'm like, well, I can do it. So I just set another goal, and it's just about keeping a positive mindset, setting goals for yourself, and not doing it for anyone else besides yourself. I think it's really important to make yourself proud and work hard towards something that you want. Um, yeah, so I think that that's mine. I have a few others, but I talk too much. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. Gordy Gronkowski, if you didn't get my name earlier. I am the oldest. Thank you for calling me the youngest earlier. That's motivation right there. <laughs> um, but motivation to me is like inspiration. Uh, for instance, I have four younger brothers. When I was in high school, um, my brother Dan was actually like two inches taller than me. He was like the ladies' man of my senior class as a sophomore. Um, and I wanted, he inspired me to be better and kind of that's where I am today is because of my younger brothers, which is really cool. Um, they started on all my like varsity teams, but they were working out and uh, eating healthy and eating clean to get to the next level to, you know, make themselves better. And I was like kind of lost at that point. Um, so it was kind of cool that they helped push me to get me where I am today. Uh, I probably wouldn't have played Division One baseball without them. So it was kind of, I kind of look back at that 
and say, you know, once I did get there, like what motivated me from there was everyone who told me I couldn't get there. So every person in Buffalo like doubts you um, from where I'm from. So I use that as inspiration and motivation to get to the next level. Uh, and then I kept doing that. Um, now motivation to me is helping kids, which is cool. Um, our foundation, the Grant Nation Youth Foundation, is all based about giving back to kids. And that's what I want to do Like with some of the new stuff we're doing now. We just um, purchased a protein cookie company. So like our goal like with the stuff we're doing now is, is more or less to be able to um, create a foundation around what we're doing for kids and then give back to them on a lot of the proceeds that we make. Uh, so that's like what's inspiring to me. Like we don't have to do some of these things. I just think some of the projects we are doing are just so much fun. Like who buys a protein cookie company <laughs> and you know, eats chocolate chip cookies and promotes it as health and fitness to go with the ground fitness and everything else we're doing like ice shaker. So like, that's like what's fun to me. I want to be able to bring like, to inspire people, to motivate people. I want to bring people on our team um, that we can give part of the company to and within five years make them millionaires. Like that's what fires me up is to have great people and, and a great community around us and to be able to give back in that way, uh, which is a lot of fun. So that's why we have so many cool products. Like you've probably seen us on Shark Tank, you know, some of the other shows we've done, you know, because we have so much fun doing it. So that's kind of what inspires and motivates me. <laughs> hey, I'm Karen. Um, before I started my own marketing company, I worked in Fortune 500 ad agencies for 20 years. So I know a lot about what motivates people to buy. And the thing about motivating people to buy is people will spend money to avoid pain much more than they'll ever buy pleasure. So if you're going to sell something, you're much more likely to have a great result if you say, this will help you not be afraid to be in a bathing suit this summer versus this will get you in great shape. So what I have learned in my own life for motivation, and I have a similar story to you in getting one of those medical diagnoses early in my life where somebody told me I would be in a wheelchair in 10 years, which I promptly said, fuck you, um, is that for me, the most motivating has always been, I'm always sure what I'm not. So even in the moments when I don't know what my next reach goal is gonna be, I can always dig my heels in, and I think most humans can, to figure out what you're not here for. So I think in some of those moments where you're stuck and you don't know what to do next, the best place to start is to focus on what you're not going to take anymore. Maybe that's a dead-end job. Maybe that's a loveless relationship. Maybe that's a health diagnosis that you're not cool with getting. Maybe it's poverty. Maybe it's your mother. Um, but it could be any of those things. But that, to me, is always the most motivating. So if you don't know where to go next, start with what you don't want to accept anymore. And from there, you can find that first step. Hi, I'm Steve. Uh, I'm a primary care doctor, and I have a really awesome op opportunity working with patients on when they do have a health diagnosis or a chronic condition, kind of getting to learn what their goals are and what motivates them and kind of tying into my personal life, knowing whatever your goals are, knowing why that goal is important, uh, and always writing it down, being aware of the why. When you, up, when you come up to hurdles, there's gonna be hard days, there's gonna be shitty days, 
Um, but if you always know the why that goal is important, it's a good way to keep motivated and it's essentially that. Are we passing it to, we're, okay. <laughs> That's done. Throw a quick spiral. Um, so, Karen, you were talking about the thinking about what you're not, and Gordy, you're talking about getting motivated from people that are doubting you. Um, and there's this whole kind of so people thinking about motivation, watching inspirational videos, and positivity and positive vibes only. You know, but there's this whole side of you know how do you embrace getting a negative health diagnosis and using that as a positive force or saying like, hey, there's people doubting me, I'm actually gonna turn this into a force for good. And there's this whole kind of negative side or you mentioned almost going too far. How do you kind of think about this sort of dark side or some of the, the negative aspects of being, getting motivated from negativity or taking motivation too far into where it could be a little bit of problem? Um, well, two pieces. So first of all, as far as motivation from negativity, we when we launched, we launched uh, here in Boston uh, three years ago, just under three years ago, 30, year, 30 months ago, and 20 Roach Brothers stores. And now we're in, we have 5,000 stores across 33 states, not stores, we're in grocery stores. But one of the most difficult things for many entrepreneurs is raising capital. And everybody says it's a full-time job. It's horrible job, absolutely horrible job. And as founder and CEO, a lot of it falls to me. And I, we started something the first year that was called the DNB list, the do not believe. And the DNB list was on the wall for people that wrote us, investors that were like, this ice cream really sucks, it's awful, I don't wanna invest in. We just put them all on the wall. I actually wanted to do a real like, like, like uh, you know, in, I wanted to do a real ceremony and actually I can invite them in. I said, someday when we have an office like the Red Sox, we're gonna put like their names in the brick, but just so people can step on their names on the way into the office. So. Um, um, we were like, I just want to, I almost said the Boston investor's name. I just want to step on whatever that, whatever his name is. I won't tell you. I know who it is. I just want to step on his name every day on the way in the office. So the DMB list was like just people who, do, I'm making sure it all makes sense now. Do not believe. Um, and the do not believe list, we literally printed out emails and wrote people's names up on the glass wall who didn't believe. So that was motivation. Um, we've talked a little bit about this. The flip side is that I think right now, and I've very topical to me, um, I, I held something recently called Entrepreneur's Therapy. And I think that there is, there's an article that just came out that I circulated that talked about um, like the Jeff Bezos, Steve Jobs, hard on people management style has now gone away. And especially with our investors and, and board, uh, like you have to be more in touch than ever with entrepreneurs because it's hard. And it's really hard. And this idea of like, are you doing okay? Do you need a break? Softer things? Do you need some kind of support? That's not the way it's been. And I just think maybe because of social media, maybe because you're always on, it's it's a roller coaster, and it is difficult. I think everyone loves being on Shark Tank. I was supposed to be on season nine. Uh, everyone loves being on Shark Tank. You like being on the front of Forbes. That all sounds glamorous, but it's a hard job, um, and it can really take a toll on you. Before I started Vice Cream, I had a lot of hair. So now I. Saw so it was, it's hard. Um, I'm, I guess I'll play off of that a little bit because um, my story is I went to school in New York and then I moved out to Los Angeles to continue my dance career and do acting, dancing, and I was auditioning a lot in the commercial industry world. And I would go to these auditions. I was 19 years old. I didn't know anyone in California. Um, I was living with one of my friends who I had met dancing on Broadway when I was 18, 17, 18, and she, she was from L.A., 
So I slept on her couch for three months because my parents were not cool with me moving to California. But I was like, you know what, I need to do this. I, it's my passion. I'm, I'm, I've always been so passionate about dance. Um, so I moved out there and I was auditioning and I would do six to seven hour inter, um, auditions. And at, at the end, I would make it to the very end and then the choreographer would whisper in my ear like, Unfortunately, your body type isn't just, isn't right for what we're looking for. You're a little bigger than than what we're looking for, and I was like 120 pounds. Like I was just a little thicker. I have a Brazilian like butt, you know. I'm <laughs> I'm curvy, and at the time, like eight years ago, curvy wasn't really in. And I'm not gonna lie. This is why I am the person I am, and the reason why I spread the messages I do today about like just embracing your body and just embracing who you are. Back then. I lost all my confidence. They really destroyed me. Like these people were really affecting me. And it was one of those things where I was always insecure about my body, even though I knew that I was healthy and I never like, crash dieted. I never did anything like that. It just was like a mental thing where I never wanted to try on jeans because I was scared of what jean size I would be. And I was just, I became all about sizing and the number on the scale. And kind of going back to now, my company, Booty by Brabants, all my leggings are one size. Every I have 132 SKUs and they're all one size. And I created this brand that's an inclusive thing because I'm so passionate about women just feeling comfortable in their own in their own skin but in their own clothes and being able to go to the gym and put on a pair of leggings and instantly just feel more motivated in those pair of pants. And so my brand has a lot to do with what I went through back back in the day in this dance world where I, maybe I didn't fit the costume now, but now the Patriots cheerleaders are all wearing my, my leggings on the field as their uniform, and it's one size, and they don't have to worry about being a certain size, you know? And I have up to 4XL, women, women up to 4XL wearing them, as well as a double zero. So it's, that's my motivation, and I think that you have to go through things, like you said. People kind of just say, being an entre I just want to be an entrepreneur. People ask me all the time, oh, can I just grab coffee with you? I want to learn how to be an entrepreneur. I'm like... I don't want to be rude, but I'm like, you're born an entrepreneur, and I don't even call myself an entrepreneur. I hate that word. You know, I've just always been my own, I've always had a mindset of wanting to be my own boss, and entrepreneur is what my label is, I guess, but it's not what defines me. And I don't think that people should try to practice to be an entrepreneur. I think you need to have a great idea, a lot of motivation, you need to be relentless and not let those people who say no and don't believe in you get in the way. I think that's what we do. We just doubt ourselves and then let one no take us. And it, that happened to me when I was 18 and 19. I lost my confidence and I had to slowly bring it back by staying motivated and, and believing in myself. But I think it, it's all about just just staying strong and not letting the, the no's get in your way. You just have to keep going and screw the rest, you know? <laughs> 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 yeah, same with our, our Gronk Fitness shirts are all one size now, our water bottles. <laughs> one size fits all. Perfect. We're in. Um, I talked a little bit about it earlier, uh, what like inspired me, like what motivated me to like kind of where I am today. But as far as like fitness goes, we own 14 uh, fitness retail stores. We design fitness centers for the home and for the commercial setting from beginning to completion, uh, including your flooring. Um, we help, when people come in the store, we help them figure out what products best fit them um, and fits their house or fits their commercial setting to help them reach their goals. So when they come in, a lot of people don't know what they're doing, um, You know, whether it's weight loss, whether it's 
uh, to gain strength, whether it's run the Boston Marathon, whether it's an injury. Um, we have expert sales reps. We have over 100 employees that work for Gronk Fitness and G&G Fitness that help you reach your fitness needs. Um, so it's really cool because a lot of people come in, they're not motivated. They don't want to work out. They don't want something for the home, but they know they need it. Um, or they need to come back from some type of injury and they don't know what to do or they need the help to get there. And that's where our salespeople come into play. We only hire um, professional people that want to help other people out, which is really cool. So they help really motivate them. They st uh, once, so once the process, the way it works, once someone comes in our store, you know, we get, you know, describe to us your goals, explain to us what you're trying to achieve, who's going to be using the equipment, how are they going to be using it. And once we figure all that out, we try to match the customer with the correct products that are going to fit in the space they have. Once we do that, we go in, we set up the equipment with our delivery crew, and then we service it. But the biggest thing is the follow-up, and it's making sure that they're reaching their goals. And that's what makes us so successful is we stay on them. You know, every couple months we call them, how you doing? You told us your goal was to, you know, run the marathon. How's it going? You know, and we help people and keep them motivated to stay on that path to help them reach their goals. Um, so we're going on 30 years of business now. Our father started it, which is insane. Um, yeah, actually the year Rob was born. <laughs> so it's kind of cool that he's turning 30 and we're going on our 30th uh, for our family fitness company. But that's kind of a rundown what we do. And then commercial, uh, like commercial settings, kind of the same thing. Like people give us a room plan. We'll design it like this could be just a basement. I'll come down here and measure it out or our team will. And then we'll design it based on the goals of the gym and the, and the goals of the facility. So it's a lot of fun, but it, that's what kind of helps us motivate people. But we stay on them as the biggest win. A lot of companies, you just come in, you buy something online, you never hear from them again. You buy a low-end piece of equipment, you never hear them from them again. That's what makes us so special, and that's why we've been open for so long. So that's kind of like, you know, the way we do it as far as continuing to motivate people, inspire them, and stay on them. And the best is when you, they come back, and they reach their goal. So I think the um, secret to not falling off the motivation bandwidth is what all of the big brands and all of the most famous people in their sport or in their industry have done, whether it's Lady Gaga, Tom Brady, your brother, um, <laughs> you, <laughs> these people on this panel, Apple, Whole Foods, Walt Disney, they got told no a thousand times they got they stepped on names of VCs that said your idea sucks and they kept going so I think the difference in people that don't lose the motivation or go to the dark side as Will said are the ones that are relentlessly which is what you said focused on that goal and nothing is going to take them from that end state so for businesses that means you don't have shiny object syndrome you have a singular focus. You know what your business is trying to achieve and you're not trying to launch the new product before the first one is actually profitable. Um, I know when I have entrepreneurs come to me and they're stuck in their business and they don't know what to do next and they'll come to me, I had this happen recently, a woman said to me, I just have to build an email program. And I'm like, you don't look very excited about that email program. And she's like, I'm not. And I'm like, okay, well, why do you want the email program? She's like, I want to get more clients. And I said, well, is the email program the only way to do that? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know anything about marketing. And I said, is that true? Because if I said your kid couldn't read, what would you do? She had a lot of suggestions. You know, she'd talk to the teacher. She'd get a tutor. She'd teach him himself. She'd pull him out. She'd homeschool him. She would get, 
you know, literacy testing. And I'm like, right, you need to keep your goals for your business or your life with the same force of a crazy mother whose kid isn't literate. And if you can do that, you can do anything. So I think the number one thing that you need to do if you're stuck or if you're worried about the dark side is to remember that everybody successful before you got a lot of pushback, had a lot of no's. And the reason that they are where they are is because that didn't dissuade them. They kept going through the storm. They didn't stop in the midst of the trauma. Because when you can get through the hard times, that's where the beauty usually grows, on the other side of the challenge, at least in my experience. Um, similar experiences with uh, starting a private practice uh, nowadays with primary care. If you're not with a big hospital working with a group, uh, you're told you're, you're stupid, you're not gonna get paid, you're not gonna be able to uh, keep, the, keep the doors open. Uh, not know, they don't really teach you being an entrepreneur or business or anything in medical school, so it's more trial by fire, which I think everyone has had their experiences of more trial by fire, and it's just that perseverance. If uh, one door closes, uh, there may not be a window open, so you find a brick and you make it open, and you just keep working and working until, until you're there. Gotta use the force better, right? Um, but so a lot of you guys touched on um, tapping into what really matters to you, not getting distracted by shiny object syndrome or going to the dark side, or you know, coming back to your what really matters to you. How do people? A lot of people aren't in that situation. Every, pretty much everybody up here is doing something they love. They're really passionate about it. They know that it's their calling. What they're really supposed to do. How do you know? Or how do people know when? it is what they're actually most passionate about or have you helped people through that to figure that out? Um, basically, how do, you, how do you know when you know? How do you know when you know? <laughs> how do you know when you know the question? <laughs> what, um, what you're like when you found. Calling, yeah, yeah, uh, what you're calling. Oh, you're man. Really um, I mean, that's, uh, that's a question a lot of people ask themselves. Steve, is it Steve? Steve talked about why, find your why. Simon Sinek and people talk about, you know, what your why is. I think it's really hard. I think the minority of people, 0.0001%, find their why and why they should be doing it. I think it's really difficult. And I do think that sometimes you have to reevaluate that why over different parts of your life. Um, sorry, I think I said every time I see I say this, but I'm like, you know, I don't know, maybe it's the rain today. But I was reading an article that today about, um, what's his name, David Brooks, who writes for the New York Times, has a book coming out called the second mountain or just did and the first mountain is all about you um, you know it's about you about success about following the regular path and then there's a challenge that comes up it could be cancer and what your second mountain looks like and working through that adversity and a lot of times that second mountain he said the first one's about being happy the second one's about being joy about joy which generally impacts um, other people the first mountain was about you and about your success, and the second one is impacting other people. So, um, and it could be just somebody who leaves a Wall Street job to work at a YMCA. So it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the why I think is really hard. I sit with some, in a Vistage group here, with 12 CEOs from Boston, and there's people there that are wondering, they have 1,400 employees, and they're trying to figure out their why. 
you know, you think, they think that they've made it. So I do think it's really difficult. Um, for me, everything goes back to the consumer always. That's probably the only thing I would add. So when we get emails that come in that say, we just named you best ice cream in America, that's great. But the ones that come back and say, uh, whatever, you, um, is, we had this guy write into us that took a picture of his medical bills next to a pint of ice cream. And he said, um, he said, that he's like $99 copay for chemotherapy, you know, $300 for medication. And then he said $5.99 a pint at Wegmans. And he's like, this makes everything else worth it. And he's like, I know your story and, you know, I read it all the time and what I'm going through, uh, you know, you give me inspiration. And, you know, I stop at, I read it at 10 or 11 o'clock at night in the office and sort of brought, there were a couple people there and brought the people together. I was like, this is why we're, we have to stop and, and really remind ourselves what we're doing. And you mentioned stop before. I don't think entrepreneurs are good at stopping. I don't think I don't think we ever stop ourselves. I think letters like this and consumers stop us to have some perspective. People may do it better than I do. Um, I should have more perspective, considering I'm not supposed to be here right now. Um, not that I'm supposed to be home. I'm supposed to be dead. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, people get confused. Last thing, I, my team gets confused. Like, wait a second, shouldn't this guy? I got a question on like the regional today show they're like why do you go to cayman and like be a bartender like, like with what you went through why are you doing this to yourself but i feel like if you get a second chance to live use it and um for you know i'm pretty intense about this i'm sure also like everybody on the panel where my team can be confused they're like wait a second you were given 12 weeks to live but like you're firing people at work i'm like yeah because um we have something to do with that opportunity you got to make the most of it i'm not going to sit here i didn't live to sit here to watch somebody mail it in every day that may sound harsh but it's um it goes back a little bit to you know what the purpose is so we have an opportunity to impact thousands of cancer patients across the country. We call it chemotherapy, and uh, by bringing smiles to them. So that's that's the mission. That is so amazing. Oh my gosh, you're amazing. Um, <laughs> no, you really are. I'm trying to make sure I don't call you delicious. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> it's happened before. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't even know my name's Kelly. They just call me Booty. Like literally yeah, on the street, they're like Booty, and I'm like, hey. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> My last name is kind of hard to pronounce. Um, so finding your why, like, I think that's I think it's really really hard. But I do encourage people when I, people are always asking me, just younger professionals are asking me like, how did you get into what you do? And this is why I can relate to them so well because there was a time where I was a fitness, I was a personal trainer at Equinox, and I knew that I didn't want to just be a one-on-one -on -one personal trainer for the rest of my life. I wanted to do something that was scalable and something that I could really reach a bigger market and not just stay in one place. Um, so I knew that that's what I wanted, but I didn't understand how I was gonna get there. But I always knew my why. Like I always, even when I was a kid, I always knew that one, I wanted to perform. I wanted to be in front of people and I wanted through movement or through fitness, I wanted to move people. Like I loved through my dance shows, I was able to like move people and bring them like happiness through my dancing and, and through personal training and I was able to really impact people's lives. So that was always my why and then now keep the why alive, like you said, getting amazing like emails. It's, I could be in a magazine or I could be on a TV or do a huge class and all those things are great. But it's like this morning when I get a DM, I got it this morning, I was gonna read it but that, I'm not gonna read it. Um, a really, really nice message from this girl saying how her friend 
didn't want to try on her leggings because she was like, they're definitely not going to fit. And then when they don't fit, I'm going to be discouraged. And when she put them on, her face lit up and she goes, I'm wearing the same pants as you. And the girl is half her size. And it gave her this just really, and she sent me the sweetest message. It literally like, it was this morning. And she was like, I know you need it. And it's funny that I'm here today because she wrote at the end of the message, she goes, you're such a, you're impacting so many people's lives and you deserve a little Monday motivation with a heart. And I go, is this God right now? Like, what's happening? This is too weird. And it was so sweet, so I screenshotted it. But it was, it's those moments where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm doing something right. It's those moments when you're affecting and people are actually reaching out to you and being po and positively in affected by whatever you're doing is, that's my why. It's, and I just want to continue to be able to, to keep that ignited and through personal connections like that, I think it's so important to stay motivated. Like, as a personal trainer, and you will, like, the best feeling in the world is probably when your clients send you a message or say, wow, I fit into those jeans that I've been wanting to fit into for a year. No one really cares probably, but you and her care, or you and him. Like, it's a special thing that you have, and it makes your job 10 times better. And I think having those little, little messages are just so important. And um, if you love what you do, they mean a lot, then, you know, so. Nice job, Kelly. <laughs> Everyone's crushing it right now. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Bootylicious. That's your new, new nickname. No, it's probably already a nickname. <laughs> right. Um, so, it, yeah, it's tough because like you don't even know like where to start sometimes or how it starts, um, or how to get there once you do think of something you want to do. But for, I don't know, for myself, I love connecting people through people. And I know, Kelly, you said that too. And if I can connect someone and I see that it helped them out, like, that inspires me. So, like, it's kind of cool that how many people I see, if, you know, that I can affect and people's lives I can change because of who I know or how I can get them to where they want to be, um, which is really cool. So if I can do that, that's like, you know, kind of like why I like doing it. Now, to get to the next part, like, of someone, how someone wants to get there, that's the challenge. So the way we look at it is we set a 10-year goal, and what's, what do you want in 10 years? And then we, we scale that down to five years, and then we'll break it down to three, and then a year, and then every three months, and then weekly goals to hit that rock in three months. Because if any, any goals going over three months, people, and you haven't achieved it, people are getting bored, they're anxious, they want to do something different. So you got to make sure you can scale um, week to week, month to month, every three months a year to five to 10 to reset goal. So the way we, so you're asking like why? So if we get an idea for whatever reason, we just decided we're going to buy the protein cookie company, but why are we doing it? You know, and then how, where do we want to be first of all in 10 years if we're going to purchase that company? So here's our goal in 10 years, and then here's our five year, and then this is what we're going to do, and this is how we want to take care of our employees. Um, same with Ice Shaker. I know my brother Chris, and by the way, good morning America, Earth Day. He was one of the top products today for being green. So by Tory Johnson, which a little insert for my brother Chris on Ice Shaker. But um, same thing, like, he was like, dude, what can I do? Like, why, why start a water bottle company? I mean, you got Yeti, you have you know, all these other bottles out there. He's like, I want to make the best bottle. We want to make the best bottle out there. How are we going to, how am I going to do that though? Or how are we going to do it? 
So it's like, why? Why do you start a water bottle company? And then how do you achieve your goal? So you got to be able to set goals ahead of time to be able to stay on track to reach those goals. Anyone can kind of start some, but it's like, how do you get there? And so that's the way we look at it to scale that way um, to help us achieve what we want to achieve. So I guess, you know, if you're asking why or how to get there, that just gives us at least some guidelines on where we want to be and uh, gives you kind of a baseline on how to get there. I think that's totally true. I mean, the uh, setting of big goals and very measurable goals, especially for big businesses, I've seen in my experience as the number one key to success. So the fact that you're doing that, it's kind of the OKR method is what they call it in Silicon Valley, works really well. But I think the other thing that you mentioned, Mr. Ice Cream, um, that I think is a good one, is the mountains in your life. I know, like you, and I'm not, I can't call you bootylicious, but I guess I just did. <laughs> Kelly, um, I grew up too having really big dreams. I wanted to be a pediatrician at one point, and I wanted to see change in the world, and I was always that person growing up that everybody would come to with their problems. And, and then I got older, and I got married, and I had kids, and I kind of like lost that edge. I lost that hustle. I lost, I just kind of did the motions. I got a job at a big company. I rose up the ranks. I had a team and I hated it. And it wasn't until my life literally imploded. So two year, two and a half years ago, I was sitting in a conference room in Newark, New Jersey with Tony Robbins and 10,000 other screaming rabid fans that I went on a wink and a prayer because I was separated, really struggling with my health. It was really flaring. My son was illiterate. My kids were falling apart. Um, I was totally broke, $100,000 in debt, and I had just lost my job. I was like literally fucked. Like I did not know what my next move was going to be. And in that conference room, we did an exercise on, well, what aren't you? And it was in those moments where I reframed all of those really horrible experiences into, I'm not a bad mom, and just because I'm going to be a divorced mom doesn't mean that they need to be broken. And because I'm divorced, it doesn't mean that I have to have a hateful relationship with my ex-husband. And because I have this medical condition doesn't mean I have to think that I'm broken. And just because I don't have this corporate executive job anymore doesn't mean I need to be poor. In fact, I could take all those things and use this as motivation, and I could create a life better than anything I've ever imagined. And I literally did that. In two years, my kids are settled, get along with my ex. I built a seven-figure business. I found a cure for muscular dystrophy in the Amazon and through gene therapy, so I'm doing both angles at once. And I remembered in those moments that that's what I'm here for. I'm here to remind other people who are sitting in that terrible seat that I was, where literally everything that could go wrong was, and remind them that it doesn't have to be that way. If you sit and spend time with entrepreneurs, all of them have lost it all at least once. They really have. Um, they have all had mostly medical problems. A lot of them have had relationship traumas. Some of them had them all happen at the same time. And they just had more relentless drive to believe that life could be better. So I think that in those moments, you can feel your way into something better 
and you just have to be patient with the results and confident that if other people can do it, why not you? So that would be my advice for those tough times. <laughs> Hard to follow that. <laughs> um, so with the how do you know when you know in regards to with motivation, um, I always knew I wanted to be a doctor, help people out, uh, be part of them when they're in their difficult times. And I never wanted to own my own business or run it. It wasn't a initial plan. Uh, went through medical school, got, got a job in an awesome facility, and was beyond frustrated working in these seven to eight minute time slots for every uh, 10 minutes of face-to-face uh, -face care, having 20 minutes of paperwork, being a glorified secretary, putting in 80 to 100 hours a week, um, and just basically developing all these unhealthy habits between uh, eating like crap, uh, really not putting my health well, ignoring my family, uh, and just being just down in the dumps. And just trying to think of uh, what else can be, can be there. And seeing that there was an opportunity for uh, putting the focus back on patients, being able to, that's what I enjoyed doing, that's what I wanted to do, and just taking a step back and figuring out a new, new business opportunity, new medical opportunity to do this, to be able to spend an hour, two hours with patients, kind of re-change how healthcare deliveries is, can be happen. Uh, still putting in 80 to 100 hours a week with uh, starting a business, but it seems right. It's, I'm able to put in the time for self-care. Uh, when you're in the weeds and you're uh, running into hurdles, the, if you're still pursuing the goal, that's, I think, how you know you're in the right direction. Thank you. <clears throat> we'll get one more question here and then we'll open it up to some audience questions. But um, almost every one of you here talked about how important other people were, whether customers or family or people that you're able to lean on. And sometimes there's this image of some motivated person running up a mountain alone. And in reality, that's never actually the case. And even on the, th the th theoretical side, like self-determination theory is a huge piece of this. And how you relate to other people is very important. So how can you each touch on maybe how other people have played an important role for you and then also how you help enroll other people in your motivation in helping you to build that that vision how do you motivate others to help you achieve that goal um a couple of things first of all uh i think i just got to address the elephant in the room with all these healthy people out here so um <laughs> So at Vice Cream, we do at concerts sell t-shirts and we sell, you buy medium and then you get a large before and after you eat the pint. So um, we, uh, you know, hear about a healthy lifestyle, he won't touch my product. Um, I was a foreman at Myler, health and wellness my whole life. We say, we're not telling people to, I'm hearing all these things about self-care. For me, eating a pint is a self-care. Um, so we are not that far off from health and wellness. We're not telling people to not be healthy. Um, moving on. So um, you know, your question was one I was actually thinking about. And has anyone, I hope everyone, not has anyone, I hope everyone's seen the movie Free Solo. Have you seen it? Okay. 
So that's your assignment from me, is to see Free Solo by Friday. So um, it won an Academy Award. It's the story of a guy named Alex, free climbing, um, El Capitan in Yosemite. I've never seen anything filmed like it in my life. I'm a big indie film fan. At the same time, if you're in the fitness business. Um, but one of the things I took from the movie was I didn't expect it to be a love story, whether he loves the mountain or the woman he's with. And back to the woman he's with part of it, and there's a point to all this, is that I was like, what an incredible woman. Like, this guy lives in a van. He, uh, he, all he is in love with is the mountain. She's climbing. You see her get into his lifestyle. She supports him. She, most people who do this die. And I'm like, what an incredible spouse. It's almost... Yeah. I didn't want to share too much. Yeah, they buy a house. Yeah. But he's just... Yeah. So, yeah. So, and the part where he falls and dies at the end. So there, so there, uh, so there's, um, so there's, so I was sitting there and I'm going through some relationship challenges right now. And it is, um, I do find people that have an amazing supportive spouse that really, male or female, that really help them get through things and say like, we're in this together. I know what I signed up for, or maybe I didn't know what I signed up for. Um, girlfriend, 16 brothers that are all six feet seven. Um, whatever, you know, whatever you have that's supportive is key. Another thing is I didn't start this business with a partner. I'm not really a kind of a partner guy, but um, there's times that I wish I did have somebody or at least a kind of a top direct report that I could bounce things off of. Um, I do think it's really important. Um, there's some great business networks. We were talking about that before. Vistage, EO, uh, there's a bunch of different networks. I know that my my friends are like completely tired of hearing me talk about all the stress going on and so forth. They, I think my number, they all just like press pass on the iPhone now when I call. So um, they've been incredible, amazing people, but they've heard about the challenges in the last couple months. So um, I think it's really important who you surround, surround yourself with. I will tell you that my motivation and what keeps me centered is I have a four-year-old daughter. And um, her name's Miles, not just because I'm a runner, but um, there's a few, it's because of the miles that we've been through and because it rhymes with smiles. And um, like, it's amazing to come home. I never thought I'd love being a dad this much. And it's amazing to come home from a really tough day and just have her hug you, love you unconditionally, want to watch Peppa Pig, like anything in the world, everything doesn't matter for those three hours. And I've never been more present in my life than I am with my daughter, which I thought was going to be hard. Like, oh my God, that Walmart order didn't ship while I'm on the soccer field. Yes. But when I'm with her, um, I'm totally locked in and present and everything else goes away. So she keeps me grounded. Um, she's the, she has a t-shirt that says vice, vice baby. Um, and another one, she's the vice president of sales. Um, and she's really good at demos. Um, but, um, yeah, that keeps me grounded, but people around you really important. I don't have the answer for it, but it's really, really important. Um, I agree. My family is definitely my biggest support system. So now I'm one of seven siblings, um, and my mom and dad now work with me and my two sisters and my brother work with me now. So... Yeah, so they're full-time, and it's really exciting. So it's 100% a family business. It's Sometimes it's not so great because um, I'm working with my dad every single day, and me and my brother, like, do everything. He's, he's, he runs my entire warehouse. Um, so it's, get, it's a challenge, but the best thing in the world is what I'm learning now, and I've, I've kind of 
read about so many other companies and the reasons why companies aren't successful and it's because you can't always trust people and you can get screwed over very often when you're opening when you're starting a company and things can get taken from you but when it's your family like you just my family I'm fortunate enough to just trust them with everything and I know that they want the best for me so that's I feel like that's kind of my I'm just really really lucky so surrounding myself around my family and then just close friends who live a healthy lifestyle who are supportive and yeah it's all about the people who you surround yourself with that help you get to the goal was that the question am I on the right track all right <laughs> I'm like if I say <laughs> I'm like if I say can I answer your question but yeah I know supportive definitely my family so yeah what, what was the original question <laughs> What was the original question, Well, <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, so a lot of what you guys said, like just surrounding yourself with good people, and sometimes it's like how do you find those people? Because, you know, some, I, I've been around people that like, I think are good people, and then they're not. So. You, want, you, you know, it's hard to weed those people out, but for the most part, we're pretty good about it. We have a really tight group um, that we actually travel with, hang out with, shoot ideas off of each other, and there's not too many people that do come into our group. Um, just because we all support each other, we all understand what we're trying to achieve. Um, everyone's vision's different, but we're all there for each other uh, through the up and downs. So definitely putting just positive people around you, people who are gonna be there for you, uh, I don't know if anyone saw the Avicii uh, uh, documentary of yeah, insane how sad it was, but you could see the people he put around him weren't there to support him, you know, and it's unfortunate because, you know, he's no longer here with us and he was probably the most influential musician and artist um, in the world. And just watching that was sad because I know the great people that we put around each other and it's sad not to see someone who's that successful, that talented, not here with us anymore because of the people he put around him. Um, his eating habits were unfortunately terrible. I, you know, it was a lot of Pepsi, Coke, burgers, the way they were traveling, the way they were partying. Um, so we try to, like, if that's the direction that one of us are going, like, we're here to support each other, to kick each other back on the railroad track and to make sure we're going down that right path. The way we kind of say it, it's called GBO, good vibes only. So, you know, if you're having a bad day, we're like, hey, GBO, you know, GBO. So it kind of kicks us and like makes us laugh and keeps us down that right track. Um, but yeah, that's the best thing to do is, but it's challenging. You know, we try to just align each other and put good people around us so we stay aligned. Good vibes only. <laughs> I agree with the good vibes only. Um, when I was going through my dark time, I spent every bit of money on making my life easier. And I was always blessed to have, I don't have siblings, so I didn't roll deep, but I have friends who are like sisters. Yeah. So I, it's the same thing. I think women friends can be the most like tireless soldiers. Like they are a force. Like you don't want to, the mommy military is real. Um, so I surrounded myself with those friends, but again, I needed to avoid burnout. So I, I outsourced. I mean, I looked for every edge and every way to take a shortcut. I got business coaches, life coaches, relationship coaches, divorce coaches. I mean, you name it. I spent 
a fucking fortune on coaches. But I would take them to the point where they got me the most the most edge, and then I would break up with them and find someone who could take me to the next level. So I treated it like I was a professional athlete, but a professional athlete of my life. And I think that that makes a huge difference because nobody great does it alone. I mean, it, it, that does not happen. Like you said, you have to be surrounded by a deep bench and a strong team. So I think that was what I did for myself. And then when it came to building my business, I had this vision when I was burnout working at the ad agency of what would it be like if I could work with clients I loved, whose businesses I actually believed in, with the people in the room that I actually liked. I was like, now that would be a great job. I would really love my job again if I could get rid of the people who were really tough and the clients that were really not making progress. So that's what I did. I started plucking people from my previous world and I was convincing them to quit their job and come work with me. <laughs> so I built this dream team of the people that I loved most and got them out of their dead-end situations and their jobs that they hated. And because of that, it was really, truly good vibes only because we were all so excited and blessed to be living the life that we wanted. And I think you just keep reaching and pushing to the next level. Now I'm thinking about, I have my first person on my team who's pregnant. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like I always wanted to be able to offer a six month maternity leave, but how the hell could I do that? I literally can't. But now that's my goal. She and I are working out like a way that it can somehow happen. But now I'm like, okay, I need to have a bigger business where I could actually give people a six month maternity leave paid because that is the only humane thing to do. Um, so I think you just keep raising the bar and collecting these lovely people along the way and then making sure that the atmosphere makes them want to stay. And I think they stay for a couple of reasons. They stay because they're learning, they stay because they're growing, and they stay because they're actually contributing. So you wanna make sure the people on your team have a voice at the table. Um, so that's it. That's why I like to call people on my team. I never say, this person works for me, which feels strange. In regards to agree with surrounding people to kind of help out, whether it be for support or uh, as, as a solo practitioner, though by myself, there's a huge, uh, found uh, hundreds of other doctors that are working by, the, by themselves and there have been great mentors. And as new doctors come up, uh, sharing my story of what works, what doesn't, and sort of paying it, paying it forward. Uh, outside of the medical field, having, uh, you know, not really close with my family, but have had luckily, uh, lucky opportunity of meeting some amazing people in Boston, close friends that have shared their entrepreneur experiences, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. And as long as that you have that good social support, you, you can continue that good vibes only and all that good stuff. Thank you so much, everybody. Um, does anyone in the audience have any questions? But you've all given me a different outlook tonight, and it's been amazing. You've all been, this has been extraordinary. Um, really. Um, but I wonder, because you all have your own companies, um, and it sounds like you've all been at least a couple years or two years, and maybe fairly even more newer. Um, has your mission statement changed from what you really were setting out to do. And I, I think you all talked about your why, but has it changed or is it, is it evolving? This is my question to you all, but thank you so much. Sure. 
No, you can take it. Uh, um, no, I don't think, uh, so mission as far as individual or as far as the company? Yeah. Um, honestly, the first thing that comes to mind, I don't even know if it, what I mean by it, but our, mi our mission hasn't changed, but like the execution of the mission's changed. So we, you know, it's about the consumer again. We'll find out that what was our vision may not be the most compelling or something's compelling or relevant that we didn't expect it. So we need to, we need to pivot. We need to move a couple degrees to the right or the left. And some of that's done by market trends. Um, you know, hey, wait, people are picking up low-fat Halo Top ice cream. Maybe we need to look at a low-fat option. Scratch, Halo Top's crashing. Maybe we need to go back to where we are. So I think the mission always stays, the purpose always stays the same. The goals may change. Talking about Gordon talked about goals earlier. Um, and you have to be flexible, um, not chasing after the shiny new thing. I'm intense focus on not doing new things. People want us to do a food truck when we started. I was like, distraction. Complete distraction from what our mission, our goal is, which is to put a pint in every grocery store and every convenience store in America. Food truck, distraction. So, but food truck's a distraction. Food truck. Food truck, sorry, food truck. So um, yeah, so I, I think that you have to be able to pivot, but stay within your lane and you should expect, you can't just stay within your lane if it's not the right lane. So you, you end up you know, pivoting a little bit and doing better execution against it, but you don't leave, especially where we are, you know, less than three years in, you can't really leave why you can, but you started it for a reason, you're passionate about it for a reason and you expect, to, and it's relevant for a reason, um, you just deviate a little bit. I, I agree 100%. He's, everything he just said is exactly what I was about to say, so that's crazy. Um, because, I mean, we're a consumer-based company. I'm an e-commerce company. I sell athleisure, but there's tons of competitors out there, so I always have to... I'm just a pair of leggings to some people. Obviously, I feel I love my leggings the best, but it's just a pair of leggings, so you have to always stay on the cutting edge of trends, and you have to see what other people are doing, and like he said, you have to be flexible. Yes, my mission is for every woman to feel confident and beautiful in their own skin and to feel included in the Booty by Brave Bands brand and to be a very community-based fit athleisure brand. But I'm always looking for trends and ideas so that I can stay on top because I don't ever want to plateau or get stale and have the same pair of leggings on the shelf for five years. My company just celebrated four years, December 5th. Um, so every year I'm coming out with 30 to 70 new styles. Right now I have 132 SKUs and by, the, by Christmas I'll have 230 different products. So I'm constantly thinking, like last year everyone said I want pockets in the leggings. So next week I'm launching all leggings with pockets so you can fit like your iPhone in them. So I take the ideas from the, the customer and really apply it to my company, my brand, so that I'm not, because it's not about what I want, it's about what the customer wants. So the mission stays the same, um, the message stays the same, but the product and the branding and the marketing, I think should constantly be changing and evolving. I'm good, you guys kill it. Yeah. More questions? Name, young lady. Um, I, first, Eric, what, what Kim said has been a great, great night. Um, so if you could point to one um, practice, I guess, in your daily method of operation that keeps you focused and motivated, um, organized, just 
just every you know Monday when you wake up and maybe you don't really stop working through the weekend but what 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 do you um what would you give someone advice you know to to get keep going for that goal no matter what's happened so uh being fairly new with the business i have a 90-day goal planner that i keep doing every 90 days and every sunday nights i spend 20 minutes to write out my weekly goals, the tasks for the week. Uh, at the beginning of the day, before I start seeing patients, I just look at what are my goals or tasks, what are my to-dos for today, and just constantly knocking it out one week at a time, slowly reaching towards that that 90-day goals, and then that uh, one-year goal, three-year goals. So just trying to really break it down into a, uh, keep it as routine as possible. Did any of you ever have that like story in your head that was you weren't disciplined? I used to say that all the time. My friends used to kill me because they're like, you're such a type A person and you say that you're not disciplined. But I was that person who every year on New Year's Eve had like 50 goals, like literally. It was like, I'm going to do a thousand things. And of course, I never achieved them. And what I came up with during this whole process was it isn't about having, you can have your 10 or 50 big goals, your 10-year plan, what you want to achieve. But in every moment of your life, you have to know what is the single most important thing that's either going to get you ahead the furthest or the fastest or give you the most emotional gain. So during that time when like all aspects of my life were falling apart, I constantly... I would like to say it was Sundays, but I'm totally not that disciplined. I like to keep it more loose, but I would change the focus. So the first step was like, I've got to get this divorce done. I've got to get that moving. And then it was like, I've got to solidify my kids. And then it's like, okay, now I really need to make some serious money. And now I've really got to go back to focusing on my health. So at any point in my life, I have the number one thing that I'm trying to achieve that I know if I check off by the end of the year, I'm going to feel great about myself. And then on a weekly and monthly basis, I'm reevaluating kind of the strategies to get me to that end goal and kind of balancing what needs to happen. But I think that that's why most people kind of lose hope. It's because you're trying to do too many things. And businesses that focus, that's probably why you guys have done so well in all of your businesses, is because you have very singular focus. Um, focuses on what you need to achieve. I cannot tell you how many Fortune 500 boardrooms I've sat in. I mean, companies that make $500 billion. And I ask them about their corporate objectives, and they're like, we're going to be the best blank in the industry. And I'm like, well, what the hell does that mean? I mean, it means nothing. That'd be like me telling you my goal is to be awesome. So if I tell you my goal is to be awesome, there is no way to measure that. If I tell you my goal is to run a sub-five mile to have 4% body fat and to have a nine pack, like you might be like tough. It's going to be hard for you, but you at least know what I'm shooting for. And everything that I would do would make sense against a tangible goal like that. So when you are setting these kind of big objectives, it does have to be really real and raw because the really fluffy things like I'm going to be a better ice cream company. I'm going to be a better bank. I'm going to be more, I'm going to have more customers means nothing. You cannot operationalize a sales force, your marketing team, your COO, your CTO around something that's not tangible.
So that would be important too. Yeah. Yeah. You know that. Questions? I nailed it. Okay. <laughs> you talked a little bit about you asked a few things in that question, but um, as far as like motivation on a Monday, like the first thing I like to do to get myself going is I like to step out and see like sunlight or you know get some fresh air, um, and I like to move. I need movement in the morning, and that really focuses my whole week and kind of locks me in. So I try as much as I can on like a Monday morning, Tuesday, every single day to do something, whether it's 10 minutes, whether it's an hour, um, just any type of movement, any type of fresh air really changes your mindset um, and then helps you stay focused on, like you said, don't try to have 50,000 goals. Take two or three goals and then break it down from like three months a month to a week and focus on reaching that goal. Because put everything else in the parking lot that's not that important for now. If you can pull them out as you go to reach your big three goals, great. But if you can't, no worries, because your three goals are what you're focused on. And if, you know, that's what you want to accomplish in those three months or that week. That's kind of how we align ourselves. Otherwise, people get off track. There's no alignment. No one knows who's reporting to who or, you know, which direction they're going. So we try to keep it as simple as possible to help us reach our goals. But as far as motivation, like in the morning, like that's how I start personally. I try to keep our team doing that because I find there's just so much good energy starting on a Monday. I want a Monday to be like a Saturday, you know, crushing it from day one all the way through Sunday. Anyone else or next Come on, question? I got I'm good. No, I'm good, I think. Oh, you're good? All right. Um, my objective was to have uh, nine pack of abs, and once I achieved it, um, I had to look. I had to look for. I had to look for another objective. Um, I thought a lot about your question over the years. One question I asked successful entrepreneurs all the time was, "How do you structure your day?" Because I wanted to sort of mimic their day or find what the ingredient was. It was the one question I asked people all the time, and. The only thing consistent was exercise in the morning, but really there, I was looking for something, like really get up at 6 a.m., get do this, do that, you know, have a five-minute standing meeting that we tried, a lot of companies were doing, but there really wasn't anything. I desperately wanted the answer, and there really wasn't one. I ride my Peloton bike, even though we, he doesn't like the bike. I ride my Peloton bike in the morning. Um, I meditate through calm, and I've been doing that. Uh, religiously, I put these all these strings together. By the way, another one of my rants and tangents. One thing I think there's a, there's an idea here. One of these things lately that's very interesting is Peloton rewards you. If you know the Peloton bike, they reward you for like stringing days together, and like 25 or 30 days, you get a medal for this. This calm. If you do it five days in a row, you string something and give you an award. Everything's like stringing things together. I'm so scared not to do something right now. I'm gonna be like depressed that I do all this stuff because I have it like I missed a day and all my awards go away. So I feel this like stress right now sorry but all these things are supposed to keep me relaxed I feel stressed I'm like oh no I gotta keep going I gotta keep my 315 days going um, so uh, but I don't have the answer that's the long answer is I don't have the answer the only thing sorry I tell you one of my weird deep moods tonight um, which is often um, the one thing that I um, have thought about lately is getting really we talked around it but getting really comfortable in your own skin and being very comfortable especially if you run the company and what's gonna make you show up at work? I mean, you guys live your brand, and I'll get to that in a minute, but what's gonna show up at work in your best state of mind? 
And you control that. And I'm not going to sound like Tony Robbins. He talks about date of state and things like that. Um, but you really do control that. So for me, I'm not a morning person. And like, I feel like I need to be in at nine because that's what bosses do. But I'm happier when I show up at 10. And I'm, I work 10 to 10, and I'm happier that way. And if I show up at 9, I'm grumpy. People that, you know, people schedule meetings with me at 8 a.m. And I'm like, I'm like, and they're, you know, they're, they schedule an 8 a.m. Monday meeting. And they're like, how come you said no? I was like, I said no before I got on the phone, you know. So you schedule an 8 a.m. Monday meeting, and of course I'm going to say no. So it's just like I have to get comfortable. Show up at 10. That's when I work best. Work out in the morning. Meditate in the morning. Come in in a happy mood. You control that, or I control that. Why should I show up at 8.30? the rest of America does it. I'm grumpy all day. So I think that's something that, you know, one controls that part and has to be comfortable in your own skin. Not perfect, but getting at that. So the only thing I'll say is you guys are all amazing. This has been great for me. I wasn't going to come to this tonight. It was raining. I wasn't motivated. I was like, oh, man. So I, I was like driving around circles in Boston. Um, you're incredible the way you impact, like, patients. You're doing better work than anybody here. Um, I want to talk to you about your story. It's absolutely incredible. Um, you, like, live the brand. I mean, I didn't met you personally before, but from Shark Tank to everything you hear and all the media, I mean, you're unbelievable, positive. Um, you're great to sit next to her because I can just look at a woman's legs in the <laughs> Me Too generation and not get in trouble. So, uh, no, you're uh, unbelievable. Uh, you're, uh, like, I didn't know a lot about you today, and every time I peel back another layer, I'm like, wow, she's incredible. So, not, I mean that literally, the layers. I'll stop talking. Well, I think you just uh, summed that up better than I ever could. Uh, or I think we're we're done. Sure. Um, if you can sum up your relationship with motivation in one word, what would that be? And you can answer the second part of the question if you want to, but you don't have to. What does that say about you? Evolving. Uh, so it's a new entrepreneur, still, I'm still learning, and uh, what I, I know the mission, I know what the why in regards to the day-to-day -day of what extra hurdles are going to come up, what challenges, I still don't know, and in regards to what's going to lead me to overcome the next hurdle, the next challenge, uh, my my why is there, but like, how is that going to continue to affect me? That's evolving. Tough question. Um, I, my relationship to motivation is positive. I am really impatient by nature and I do not like things to get boring, stale or slow. So for me, that is kind of innate motivation to always be looking for something to be better, more exciting, more fun-filled, more interesting, more challenging. And I think that's what keeps me going. I would have to say um, my relationship to motivation is caring. Um, I think, you know, I'm motivated to help, like, and I know Kelly does a great job, especially with your charity stuff you do for kids, with, and it's unbelievable the work she does. But I want to be able to, with our new companies, we have foundations already built in before we're even making any money. And I want to be able to give back, you know, to whatever charities, um, 
you know, that our group is inspired to give to. Usually kids, that's the biggest thing, but for the most part, that's what I like doing and connecting people through other people. Um, mine, my one word I would say was passion. Um, I just always, I'm so passionate about what I do. Um, and that's my motivation. I, when I come into every single class I teach, every single event that I do, every pair of leggings that I, I design, <laughs> it's just, it's, I'm so passionate about it. And that's probably, um, I don't know, that's my thing. It's just being super passionate and allowing that passion to just constantly motivate me to the next, the next goal. I've never given a one-word answer to anything, but um, is uh, uh, um, the the first thing that came to mind is like what, like like what, like I never think of like it's not even comprehensible that you don't have motivation. I mean, it's just I'm like I've, I've stopped thinking about motivation now. I have like a complex. I'm gonna leave and be like, am I motivated? Um, so it's just um, the I mean, the only thing that you can hire for is passion. But people will never have as much passion as anyone who worked for us as anyone sitting up here. So that's the hard thing is people will not be able to match my passion in the office. They don't want the, the 3 a.m. emails, the 2 a.m. emails, um, culture we haven't talked about today. But, um, you know, I did 90 nights on the road the last two years. Retailer needs to see me bang, go to Logan, go. I mean, there, if you actually stop and think about it, I think that would be bad. So at least for me, you know, I'm like, so, you know, Safeway's like, listen, we want to see you tomorrow. Walmart, I was at Walmart last week. You know, they're like, you know, Walmart's going to get an opportunity, go. You just go. You, you got, you know, you hustle, as, as Karen said earlier. Um, so it's just, it's innate. You don't think about it. And as Kelly said, I don't know if it can be taught. Um, I really don't know. I think you're born with it and you're wired. The question of why, that's probably for the therapist. But um, you're, you're born with it. Um, so, yeah. Thanks. Um, for me, I'll throw in um, visceral was the first thought that came to mind. And we talked, we talked about this a lot, um, but kind of like remembering you're going to die. And that's incredibly motivating. And so there's this stoic philosophy of memento mori, meditate on your death. And it sounds really negative, but it's actually really positive of, you know, remember you're going to die. What are you going to do with that information? And you could go today, you could go 60 years from now. Um, and in terms of what I think that says about me is, you know, looking for, okay, this is something, seems negative, but how do you actually make that incredibly positive? Um, and then transform that and make lots of good stuff out of it. So. I think we, thank you everybody. We have, um, we have more snacks, RX bars, and Waku wellness tea. There's also drinks, I think, available. Protein cookies. Protein cookies.